Well, hello, welcome to Passive Wealth for High Tech Minds podcast. There are lots and lots of IT professionals who work in the industry. These IT jobs are so exhausting mentally, there isn't much time left for such folks to make clever decisions about their investments. Most are unable to put their money in the right asset classes. This is Prashant Kumar from IDLT Gains. I have worked in corporate America in IT and in business organizations for 25 years. My goal is to educate IT professionals like you about the benefits of passive investing. I will be passing my knowledge and will bring guests who have done very well in their careers and can explain the process and advantages of passive investing. So, let's begin. Well, hello, hello. This is Prashant Kumar. You are listening to yet another episode of podcast Passive Wealth for High-Tech Minds. Usually, we talk a lot about benefits of passive investing. We have listened a lot from us and from our guests about passive investing. But today, we have a distinguished guest, Richard Lin. He's CCIM instructor, and he is specialized in senior assisted living. Richard provides you know, debt and capital for all types of commercial real estate with assist with uh, specialty in senior housing space. Welcome to this show, Richard. Thank you for including me in this. I'm, I feel privileged. Awesome, awesome, great. Uh, uh, I connected with Rich a couple of months ago when you know I was looking for debt solution for my senior assisted living nursing home to nursing home to senior assisted living conversion. Uh, and Richard came up with, you know, I found the right person to talk about senior assisted living. So I invited Richard uh, to the podcast. So Richard, tell us a little bit more about your background. I couldn't really explain too much because uh, I would like to know more about you from your mouth. Absolutely. So I, I give you a broad perspective. First of all, is my, my focus has been uh, commercial financing of commercial real estate. So where I started was with a life insurance company, Travelers Life Insurance Company, then went to banks, mortgage brokerage firms, a variety, and learned about all in financing of all property types from a million up to $100 million um, and both short-term, long-term, et cetera. I, I then had an opportunity to work as, at Marcus and Millichap. And I decided to take a career change. And uh, at Marcus and Millichap Investment Sales, you focus on one property type. And so I selected senior housing because I felt it was there's a need to, to help older people have good housing. And so I did that for six years. And so really now I combine my expertise in senior housing into all commercial real estate uh, both as, as you had mentioned, both debt and equity. And I have a much broader understanding of the industry for doing that. Awesome. So tell us you know, a little bit more about what are the nuances in a senior assisted living financing, you know, in terms of debt and equity. What are the new, I mean, how, I mean, I feel that it is a little bit challenging uh, because I'm doing few projects. So, right. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, tell us a little bit more. No, absolutely, because it's it's uh, you know the financing part is challenging more than other commercial real estates because it is really it's a business. It is a true business, and if you look at it from the top line, 
you have significant variable revenue sources, which could be government, could be insurance companies, or could be individuals. So that's a unique set. But then you also have a very, um, your expenses are varied as well. You have professionals on there that you don't really require in other types of commercial real estate. So that's where, really where it is, uh, the, the difference, it, it makes it more complicated and more challenging. So, so why, why um, I mean, institutional lenders, why the lenders are so much concerned about lending for this I, asset class? I mean, our returns are much higher, right? Uh, as compared to multifamily, but multifamily, uh, you know, any Tom, Dick and Harry can go and take a Freddie loan. Uh -huh. Why not in assisted living? Right. So the for assisted living and 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 uh, you do say assisted living. I'll make it a little bit broader just to help the crowd here. Is it's you know you could call it seniors housing, and senior housing goes from independent living to assisted living, memory care, skilled nursing. Those ver those different types where you're helping people with services. And the real, the, the key, which I've, I've used a few different times for the people that have been on this podcast before, I'm sure you've heard that the three keys to real estate are location, location, location. Well, in senior housing, it's operator, operator, operator. And so you really have to align yourself with some group or entity that is very, very knowledgeable and experienced in, in operating these facilities. And that's your question about financing is that you may have a very good project, everything's lined up from a real estate standpoint, but if you don't have an operator, a lender won't take you seriously. So that's where it differentiates from other property types. Awesome, I, and, and this is a very good point. I mean, and you hit the nail right on the head. A lot of people don't understand and they all they see is the amount of returns that they get on their money in multifamily, or on paper on, on assisted living, but they don't understand how much work it is for the operator to run a project like this and how much is operator at stake, you know, their personal wealth at stake for the project to become successful. Am I correct? Uh, in there's, there's no question about it. So uh, um, there's no question. I was gonna go, it might be a little bit too deep for this crowd. I'm not sure of their expertise, but in, in senior housing, there's two important elements to it. There's the, the, the real estate and the operation. They have something called an opco for operation or propco for the property, those two elements of it. Um, and so you being the real estate person can own the real estate, but you, are, you have a symbiotic relationship with the operator. And so the two of them work together. You have to work together to create the value of the real estate. So you can have a well-conceived project, a great location, um, you know, perfect demographics in the area, but you have to have that orchestra leader of the operator to, to maximize the value for you because there are so many risks in, in this, you know, from because you have the real estate as well as the operating risk, you are taking care of people's lives. In apartments, you're taking care of people's lives, but not to the same extent that you are here. And so there are a lot more risks, a lot more variables. People, um, the operators, many of them, they, they love it, they embrace it. This is really important to them to take care of people and they thrive in that environment. Um, but it's a unique individual that is, is willing to, to do this 
to help these people. And you have to find the, the balance of the person that can help the, these people and, and provide a great service, but also have business acumen too. So to find that right person is really hard, but when they're there, then the project can, can really excel. To, to add a little bit of um, uh, flavor to what Rich just said, uh, is basically, you know, in multifamily space, you, you know, if you go to a tenant, if, if, if I'm a tenant, I would go sign up a lease, right? And I take the keys for my apartment. And, and after that, I really don't have to go to the office at all. I don't have to see any manager in the leasing office or anything. I mean, I pay my bills online or pay the, by check or whatever. If there's no maintenance request, I really don't have to go meet with them. But in, in assisted living, it is a different story. You are taking care of seniors day in and day out, 24 hours a day. Right. That's a wonderful point. It's 24 seven. You have to be on call and prepared to help them. Yes, so. they are always, I mean, or you have nursing staff, uh, you are always on the hook and you are taking care of them all the time. And such a humble job. I mean, what you said, it's not uh, about the economics. It is about humility. Also, you do that with passion and, and, and you love doing that basically. And in the end, you end up making a little bit more money, but to, to our economics point, the points on economics, lenders don't take your humility seriously. Right, so. <laughs> uh, they, they want to make sure that you have done it before. Absolutely, right? yes. They want to make sure that you have done it before. How do you see um, new operators jumping into this area? How should they jump into this area? I mean, what are, what is the... What, how can how can they come in? I mean, it, it's a tough space to get in. No, well, you have asked and I'll focus on the operator side versus the real estate side. So let's focus on that first. Generally, the new people that come into it, they may have come from a very large organization and they've had enough of the, you know, the bureaucratic part and want to get out on their own. Those people can be very, very good at, you know, starting up, um, you know, along those lines. I Actually, when I, I have sold to um, an individual, it actually, so all of you know, was a, a converted hotel that uh, it, it, it's life and comfort hotel and the owner of the hotel decided to create um, an independent living facility, which was a very good idea, but it was beyond his capabilities. He needed some extra capital he wasn't aware of. It fell in disarray. And so then the bank took it over Somebody came in and stabilized it, but then I brought in a person who had worked for another company who wanted to go out on their own, and this was his entree into the business, so the combination of two. So he had the operations business, the operation experience, and this was a lower cost per unit that he could get into it. So that would be someone who was at a big, you know, a big senior housing company wanting to, you know, had enough of the bureaucracy and wanted to go out on their own because this is a way for you both to have the operation of the business and the real estate and to make money and, you know, and to do well. The other side of it is someone who's in the healthcare business, who is, a, you know, who is either in the hospital world or a doctor world and had enough of it. And where this can then become a business for them instead of the bureaucracy of the hospital or of the nurse, you know, the, the, they were a nurse, an excellent nurse, but they have more entrepreneurial spirit this is another very good candidate 
that could get into the operations side and, and be, you know, provide that operation expertise that's needed to make these successful. Why, why is the third party operations, third party operator um, is not considered um, a, a skill? Because, you know, those who are newbies, obviously they want a third party operator to come into the picture. Why that resume is not favorable um, to lenders, uh, so to say, uh, isn't that a, co I mean, a combination of an investor and a third party operator, wouldn't that, uh, you know, kind of complement yeah. each other? Right. In if, yeah, I understand what you're saying. If you have a big enough management company and a big enough investor, then the banks are comfortable with it because you have some mass there and you have some backup in case there's an issue, you have an organization behind you. If you can prove that you're, then there are many of them, you know, a management company and you have a, an organization behind you that the, the lenders will be satisfied with. But if you're not, if you don't have all that behind you, then the, the lenders want to make sure the, the operator has some real skin in the game to keep their focus and attention um, on it because there are ups and downs, you know, with the business and, and you have to make sure that everyone's interests are aligned. Someone isn't just looking to get a management fee. No. Got it, got it. Okay, so um, so so really speaking, what you are saying is if an investor has to jump into this business um, and so they need to partner up with an operator, so to say, if they don't have, uh, and they, they would want an operator to invest in the project alongside the investor, I must, I must but, assume. Yeah, absolutely right. Now the challenge is, is many operators that you ask to invest in your business are generally not too well capitalized and don't want to invest a lot. So that's where an expertise like myself comes in and gets the balancing act is that we're, they put enough equity in and have enough experience to satisfy the lender and the, their investor um, but they may not have to put in a lot of, of, of true cash because generally the liquid cash they're, they're challenged with. Um, now, with some of your you know, more entrepreneurial listeners today, is there is an area that you could, if you could find this operator, you could also you know, maybe help them on the operation side of growing their business. So um, be providing them some capital. It's not the typical way into the industry. Most of the time it's with real estate, but there are, if you come across an operator that you really like, you might be able to help him, give him enough capital to get pieces of, of ownership. So it, that's not the typical way in, but it's something to consider, um, you know, in, in the way of investing your capital. Please, please give me an example, uh, Rick, uh, in this case, you know, how can an entrepreneur like uh, myself help an operator? Well, if, if, if you see this, like we described, someone who's been in the industry that you are close to and can trust, that doesn't have the capital to buy, the, to get into their own places, they might say, you know, you might invest um, a little bit of money, but get an ownership stake in the whole development because they need to bring some money to the table. And so that is a way to leverage yourself in um, from the operation side and not take all the risks of the real estate side. Cause when you're, you're owning the real estate, you have to put up a lot more capital significantly more and whether or not you have to sign for the bank loan, what your responsibilities are with the, with the loan that you have. And so you have other risks on that side, 
it is possible. Um, haven't seen it a lot, but it is possible if you find somebody that you really are comfortable with as an operator and you see some, you know, you could help them to work themselves into some of these, these uh, facilities from that standpoint. That makes sense? That does. That it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, um, you know, I'm just trying to understand uh, different co permutation and combinations. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my next question is, and I'm getting a little bit deeper. Pardon me for that. Oh. Uh, uh, my question, my next question is, what is the level of investment? Um, when I say size of the project, lenders are comfortable with. What are the ranges? Okay. You know. Got it. Yeah. So it, it, at the very small, and I had mentioned earlier about this hotel that we converted, that was at the small end, that was at the lower end of the spectrum, it was an older property renovated, and that was a $4 million, um, uh, $4 million purchase price for 100 units, so that's $40,000 a unit, that would be at the low end of the spectrum. Another one at that same level of $4 million approximately, someone developed a new project for 50 units in a very small town, USA. So that's about $80,000 of units, but that's at the small end. Most of the projects start to come in between 10 and $20 million. So that's, that's kind of where the newer projects are and, and the, 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 you know, that would be you know, more in the middle, if you had a distribution, 10 to 20 million, there's some outside at 50 million. And there's some, like I said, at 30 or, you know, at 3 million or 1 million, but 10 to 20 would be, be it. And then you'd ask, generally what you have to invest, what a lender will require you to invest is somewhere plus or minus 25% equity in there. And so the, you're talking about for a $4 million, uh, you know, um, acquisition, you're talking about a million dollars for a 10 million, two and a half million. And that's then assuming that then you have to be bankable. Your balance sheet has to be strong enough for a lender to, to accept you from the, the debt standpoint. So the two sides would be you're focusing on it as enough liquidity to provide for the equity and a strong enough balance sheet for the lender to accept you, you know, as a, a uh, reasonable credit risk. What are the different uh, kind of uh, lending options available for investors in these ranges? You know, um, and uh, and you know why I asked this question. Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah. So so I guess the the most relevant, the most the most easiest is some uh, a banker who's in your backyard around your project who you know. They like these. They know them. That's the easiest because they know the location. So that is, that's a first place that you start. So a local bank, community bank in your area, then you go up the banking to mid-market bank and a large bank. Generally, the larger banks aren't easy to work with unless you're a huge company, but so it's a local bank, mid-market bank. So those are options, but then the government has a few different programs that are excellent, which are the SBA and, and USDA, those you need someone to, to walk you through the process, um, but those are very viable for, for these options. And then there's more esoteric as you get bigger, you know, you hear about Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae and residential, um, but they're very, they are very active in this market for the right opportunities. And then there's life insurance companies. So it, it broadens out from there. But when you're, if you're smaller starting out, the best place is a local bank would, that knows your location 
knows you, that would be the first, or the government, you know, programs, USDA and, and um, SBA. Those are generally where somebody comes in that hasn't created a portfolio for themselves. Well, well you know it, Rich, Rick, uh, that uh, those who are starting off, of course, they would go to local banks, but going to SBA and USDA, that takes a longer time for closing. And there are many, many times, you know, deals fell off, fall off the radar because sellers are not willing to wait for four to five, six months. Uh, it becomes challenging. It's yeah. a challenging space. No, there's no question about it. I mean, that's the draw. That's the drawback. The government, you know, programs take time to process them. And so that's why the best opportunity is some is a local bank and one, as I said, one that knows if you, the local investor, as well as the property. So they can go up to their committee and their committee doesn't have a question about wherever you're living or wherever it's at. So you're absolutely right. They're the ones that are most nimble and can work the quickest. Okay, that, guide me through, uh, if you don't mind, guide me through the process with Freddie and Fanny for a hotel conversion, which is oh. a $20 million project. Uh, how long does it take? Uh, yeah. you know, help me understand, you know, that. Well, I, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I'd say they're never going to do it. So <laughs> Freddie and Fanny are very um, meticulous about how they're doing it. So again, you know, that would be the local bank that you would have to, to go to. So let me say that standpoint, your question about converting a hotel to senior housing. Yeah. So the answer to that is, you know, the, the Freddie and Fannie will, will fund you once it's up and stabilized. But going in from the beginning, you have the, the hotel that is closed and you want to convert it. Now you need a bank that's going to do that. There are some esoteric groups, but let's just say a bank. Because it's a conversion, you probably need some more equity. Let's just say you can get come in with 70% of, of debt to 30% equity. You, you come in with that and then you start, you know, you come in with a business plan. The top of the plan is you have to show, which we didn't really talk about, besides the operator part, you have to show the market. You have to prove that there's a market and there's people there. That's step one. You know, for what is the market and demand for the senior housing, the unmet demand it's called. Once you can prove that and you have the operator, then you go and say, I have this plan to convert this hotel from the hotel to senior housing. The bank then provides the construction loan so you can buy the building, you can make your renovations and you get it to where it's open. Once it's open, then you need something which, which is, you, Different again, this is unique to senior housing versus others. You need a working capital line because it takes um, time to lease up some some numbers that they that generally they say is, you know, you can lease up day one with 25% of the, the capacity and then four to six units a month until you get to stabilization, which is, is 90%. But until you get to break even. You need cash working capital, which in most real estate that you don't need. And so as part of the financing with the bank, you have to make sure that capacity is in there. So you need enough money to buy the building, renovate the building, get it up to certificate of occupancy, and then the lease up portion of it, which is longer than most, as long as we're talking about it on a very, you know, super fast time as you can lease one of these up in six months. But typically, it's close to get to when I say lease up to stabilization and stabilization is 85 
20% plus occupancy, but more realistically, it's usually 18 to 24 months until it's up to that level. And so you have to expect that, but during that time, you're still paying the staff and that's where, you know, so that's an element of the of cash that you will need to be successful. And if you don't have enough cash, then you your your chances of being successful are less. You need that cushion to be able to cover that. Awesome. So that's I mean, this is this these are good um, insights into the business. You know, you have to plan for that uh, capital, uh, working capital, because this could be this could run in millions. Uh, I mean, if you have to pay the salary for 15, 20, 30 people for for a year, uh, and you don't you don't have enough cash flow, this could really you know drown you down completely. Mm -hmm. and, but if you uh, do, so I would say most good lenders or most you know most investors, most operators, they're going you know are going to make are going to talk with you about that and how you're going to cover that to the end and give themselves some cushion. But that there, that is more an art than a science. So, so really speaking, lenders uh, like Freddie and Fannie, they are not going to touch the deal until it's a stabilized deal, basically. That's correct. So, so Freddie and Fannie are excellent lenders for this, but they will want a property that's stabilized, eighty-five percent or more, for you know six months or a year, with the with an operator that has five five units they manage or more, an owner operator. And the quality of the asset is, I'll just say B plus or better. So that's, they're at a higher criteria than other people can do it. And that's, you know, only a certain part of the market that, that uh, older people, the seniors that, that can support that type. Underneath that, there's still a huge market of people that are out there. And that's where I think that you're, you know, the, the people that you're talking about here have a, an excellent opportunity to do that because there is a need not at just that top end which you see in your local market and and which have high visibility but the people that are just in the, in the middle they need help and that's where i think many of your potential you know people that are listening to podcasts could benefit from this could could satisfy that need and get into the business in that the middle market level so a lot of people i mean i know we talk about passive investing but it's more of an active business Yes, uh, people can jump into this business. There's an opportunity there, basically. Yes, not that. Sorry, yeah. I would know. I was going to say you brought in the idea about a hotel a couple times conversion. Well, it is an excellent um, segue for a family or someone that owns hotels, owns and operates hotels to get into this business. Um, that is, you know, because a hotel it has the real estate and has the operations where they're serving food. So they have two out of the three. The third element is the healthcare portion of it, which they have to somehow satisfy and get it. But the other two are very important elements. And so someone who owns hotels, I think it is a very, if they feel comfortable in helping people, it is a very good seg segue that they can go into and a real potential you know, benefit, a, a potential market for them to be successful. And you know that, uh, Rick, we have talked about it in past, you know, on phone many times. And you always said that there are a lot of, lot of Indians who own a lot of hotels, right? And, and some of those hotels are not doing good, or maybe they are doing good also. But the hotel business is very sensitive, right, to the market conditions. It goes up and down, up and down. Yes. But once, once you are 
I mean, this is an opportunity. Once you get into assisted living, you have seniors. I mean, and and those seniors tend to stay with you for a long time, right? I mean, well, just to make that comparison, as long as you brought up hotels and senior housing, hotels, you're selling that room every night. Okay. Every night you're selling that room, and then you have to sell it again. In senior housing, to get the first, to get the sale takes much longer. I don't want to, you know, downplay it. It's tough to get it. But once you made the sale, that income stream is there for a very long time. Hope, you know, could be to the, to, you know, to the end of the person's life. And so it is a different, it's a different play. Um, but as, as you, you know, kind of the other side that you had mentioned is that a hotel owner operators, it doesn't have to be, they may have a strong staff of people that are running the hotels that are providing the cash flow for them to go into the senior housing and give them that gap time and capital they need until the project takes takes off. So I see it as a very good um, complement to each other if properly you know, um, structured and thought through it. It has many of the skill sets and capital needs that could, that could be very successful. Rick, your, uh, your suggestions, your content, what you shared today has been very valuable to me personally and to, I'm sure it would be very valuable to my listeners also. We know that you are expert in this area and, and I mean, I'm pretty sure that I, I always talk to you and I would always count on you for my needs in this area. And I'm, I'm hopeful that you know, my listeners, those who want to get into this probably would reach out to you uh, for your expertise. What is the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, so my name, it's Rick Lynn or Richard Lynn. My phone number is a pretty easy one. So it's 847, as you can tell, I live in Chicago, um, 444-0044. I guess don't confuse anything else, 847-444-0044. Call or text anytime. And I would be glad to talk through this with them. And and um, they have ideas. I, I don't mind crazy ideas because you learn from them and then they'll know the best time. So they're welcome to give me a call or reach out anytime. Well, thank you so much, Rich, um, uh, again, for your time. And I'm pretty sure we'll be talking soon. Thank Have you very much. You Have, Have a good day. Thank Bye you. now. Take care. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. As usual, you can reach me via my website, www.myrealtygains.com and via email prashant at myrealtygains.com I would love to hear from you and talk to you about specific needs you may have. Please schedule an appointment with me via my website again www.myrealtygains.com Stay tuned for next podcast. This is Prashant Kumar signing off for today. 